cliffcentral.com What does this button do? Please, please, do not push the button. You have no idea what it is. What the? Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Leroy Seger on cliffcentral.com Yo, and this is another Talking Tech episode on cliffcentral.com. My name is Leron Segev, known as The Techie Guy. And in studio, I've got once again the gorgeous Tanya Kowalski. Hello. Hello. You say once again like it's, oh my God. No, no, no. It's yeah, like, she is again. Okay, okay, cool. That kind of once again. Like, welcome back, Tanya. Okay, not, uh, and you know, here's like, the chair, oh, here's God, the, back. yeah. No, no, definitely not. The okay. other, completely the other. Now, um, Tanya runs a blog called Rattle and Mom, and you've got to check that out if you've got kids or you just want to know what's cool and what's happening in tech from a mommy's point of view. Um, definitely, definitely go check check that out. Um, today's we've got sure a serious lineup. We're talking about some serious talk, topic. We're talking about road rage. We're talking about people driving whilst talking on their phones. Uh, I mean, all this ridiculous stuff. But the stuff that we're really pissed about is what's happening with Uber and Cape Town, and we'll discuss that later on, but it's just not so pretty. Well, not a good way to start a week, but hey, you know, we, we, we've got to do what we've got to do. Um, so, Tans, um, any cool stories that you've picked up um, over this weekend, especially since you've been driving? You had your nice little holiday this weekend? Yeah, I was away this weekend. Um, How were the roads? Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, from here to Mpumalanga, it's pretty easy, no potholes, uh, lots of tolls. Um, but we, you know, let's not even go into that. But yeah, all good. Um, I was on my phone a lot, but I was a passenger. But you're a passenger. Yeah, so, uh, right, I can so, be forgiven. So, so let's, let's ask this question. Mm. Okay. This is not a, this is, uh, this is not a dare. Nobody go out and do this. But the question is, would you put a blindfold on and drive for one kilometer at 60 kilometers an hour? I mean, who would do that on a main road? Never, ever. Not even on a highway. Not, no, not even. Of course not. Not even in your own cul-de-sac <laughs> where you know it. Yeah. Who would do that? Nobody. Mm. And yet, believe it or not, that's what we all do. Whenever we use our phones whilst we're driving, they say that the stats is 52 seconds of distraction is the equivalent of driving blind 60 kilometers an hour in our car with other people around us. That is just ridiculous. That's frightening. Yes. So that those fifty seconds is anything from reading from reading text, email, from looking up somebody's contact to just quickly phone, to checking Instagram picture, anything, anything your phone vibrates inside. Oh, what's that? Let me check it out. Anything that takes your eyes off the road is deemed in that fifty-two seconds. And to talk to us about this, we've got Ilan from Discovery Insure, and these guys have analysed these things to death. Excuse the pun because it's quite serious. But they've actually looked at all these angles and they've come up with these amazing products to make us change our driving behavior. So that's going to be coming up shortly. But the one thing that I am, you know, my family is down in Durban at the moment. And the one thing I did tell them to do was to go onto Twitter and sign up for an, to follow a thing called N3 Root. Have you ever seen that Twitter handle? No. Okay, so that's an awesome tip. If you're doing the N3, you sign, you follow Twitter at N3 Root. And they'll tweet you along about stuff that's happening along the journey. So if there's congestion, if there's a traffic accident, if there's delays, if there is mist and fog during, you know, as you're coming down the escarpment. So they'll let you know about things so you know before you get there what to expect. And, and I assume it's only on the N3. Stupid the, question. The, uh, N- South Africa. Okay. <laughs> South Africa, as the name suggests, is the N3. But I mean, of course, there's other apps that do things for other roads as well. I mean, you, you, you use Waze a lot. Yeah. As and we've, well. we've chatted about Waze here. Yeah. Um, absolutely love Waze. Um, yeah, it always helps me find the best route home and it analyzes the traffic, warns me of what's upcoming and, and you know, kind of estimates how long it will take me to get through whatever road work or. Sure. But I think what's cool about Waze as well, you know, we have a saying, in ways we trust, you know, because it will tell you to go through roads that you've never thought of going through before. And amazing how much, how many, much, how many, sorry, minutes is it actually can save you just because you're just not doing your routine. You know, we're normally stuck with our normal three roads that we know. I mean, mm. just stick to them and, you know, they're good as gold. They get us to that location and finish. But with Waze, they'll show you new routes and it's okay to learn new stuff. Regardless of your age, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and especially since they avoid all the big traffic jam, especially during the stupid load shedding. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, well, I, I just don't understand why during this load shedding, why the metro <laughs> police, which I don't know is that friggin' job, why don't they man the intersections? Uh, just, just, just maybe question. they, maybe, they the, maybe at the other intersections that you're not at. 
You tell me if you ever see Our tourists think That our police are called Archurans Because we've <laughs> never seen the cops Standing anywhere Except for like Are oh, you on your cell phone 500 bucks But yeah. besides that I've never seen a cop Ever Standing at a traffic jam Saying You guys go You guys go Not once These apps that they can download Maybe they don't know about these apps like HCOM and... Yeah, but in fin- Okay, I mean, I'm not defending anyone, but we only know about load shedding, what, an hour, two hours before it happens. Okay. So you, you, they so, need to uh, communicate to the Metro Police who dispatches the guys who may or may not be eating donuts or... or doing some other doing some, stuff. You know, yeah. getting tickets on William Nicole or taking tickets. So yeah. okay. may, maybe it's about practicalities. I agree. They should get, I don't know, motorcycles. If our insurance can get there, so could these bastards get there too. But, but are our insurance pointsmen working at robots that are out because of fault or they're working there because of load shedding? They're working, full stop. <laughs> Who cares why? Um, and, the, you know, and then we had this thing, you remember last year or beginning of this year, this year has really flown so quickly, where they were going to ban our insurance from doing their job yeah. and the whole country went, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> it's the one department that actually works? That works. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying is that if you, if you know load shedding, you know, these five intersections, William Nickel, these Santon Drive, there's a whole bunch of them which are main intersection and people sit for hours. Surely you preempt it mm. when you say, oh, five o'clock traffic. Oh, no lights. Mm, I wonder what I should do. Oh, look, he's talking on his phone. Uh, I mean, really, uh, seriously, it's like a thing I've got. I don't know. Um, you and thousands and, and thousands of others. Have, um, you, have you noticed on ways and speaking yeah. about safe driving and trying not to use your phone when you drive, which we'll go into a little bit later. Have you noticed that? Engagement and the interactivity of ways. Mm. So while you're driving, you can see your friend is on this road. Right. How many people are using ways? Is that not a distraction? Uh, yeah, I've never understood that. Uh, look, I think what was great is that if you're starting to drive and then you put a destination in, the first thing it pops up saying, "Are you a driver or are you a passenger?" Because if you're a driver, you shouldn't be touching your phone. I thought that was great. Yeah, but you're right. As you in the middle of your journey, you see, oh, so and so sent you a message. Surely that's defeating the purpose, right? Yeah, I, I think so. So even if, you know, you're on, ha- well, you put your device on a hands-free so, slot or you put it on the passenger seat or in a console. Doesn't make sense to me. You get, you're hearing it, but things are still popping up that drives engagement and, I guess, a social a, element. And, and, and it shouldn't. It, I mean, it's fun, but I think it, it might deviate from that safe driving that everyone is after, and ways included. Well, 100%. Uh, just by the way, if you are online, I mean, and, and who isn't, obviously, um, you can tweet us at cliffcentral.com. Um, that's the official account. Um, you can use my account. It's at Liron underscore S-E-G-E-V. You can use Tanya's account, which is at Tanya Kowarski. Tanya's going to spell so that. Yeah, spell it T-A-N-Y-A-K-O-V-A-R-S-K-Y. And then on WeChat, message to screen is Cliff Central is the official ID. Send us uh, your driving experience. Do you use your phone whilst driving? I mean, we're not going to find the police. Uh, it was just a general question. I mean, who doesn't? Who Let doesn't? Me, let's I, be honest. Yeah, and I don't think anyone's going to admit it. I, I think. I think everybody. I think, I think the it's exception. A given. The exception is who doesn't use their phone while no, driving. No, it's true. So I think the the idea is: can we assume that everybody does sometime at a point when they absolutely positively need to? Check their tweet. Yeah. Right. Um, and by the way, I think that's where the wearables actually might play, even play a bit of a part, where you can actually lock your phone in the boots and um, and actually just glance at your at your wrist when there is a message that comes through or a phone call that comes through, and you go, "Hold on, that's not important enough for me to take it." Yeah. Yeah, but is that not like the fifty-two seconds of of? Well, if your hands are technically on your steering balance. wheels where they should be. Um, you should be able to glance at your watch anyway. You know? I don't know. Yeah, but you're going to glance at it, then you're going to scroll, scroll, you're going to uh, read. It's, don't I think it's it. much of a muchness, yeah. But I think the second you put it into perspective, and, and again, I mean, we'll talk to Elan about all this now, but the second you put it into perspective where it's like putting a blindfold on and driving at 60 kilometers an hour, as soon as you put it into that context, it actually makes you realize. The question is, now that we know it and we go, oh my God, that's shocking, that's terrible, are we going to stop? My guess is no. Guess We've seen those videos. We saw those scary Absolutely. Yeah, clip, yeah. and I, I'll tweet the link now. That scary clip of you know yeah. the kids in the, the theater, you know, who and, were, and everyone goes, "Oh my god, that's terrible!" Let me just find someone and share it. Yeah, yeah. but you're in the car. Yeah, don't do it now. And I don't think stats are scary enough to drive no, no, me away from my phone or well, anyone else. Well, that's the problem. Um, but now I think there is one tool which I think is quite quite cool. 
um, have you have, have you used a site called la, um, roots.tomtom.com? No, but I okay. suspect you have. I have. Okay. Indeed. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's all great to know what the traffic's like today. Mm. I mean, because a lot of apps will do that, like Waze will do that. We'll tell you what's going on right now. What I do like about this website called roots.tomtom.com is that it allows you to put in your destination and your journey where you're going from one point to another. On what device? On, on, on the web, sorry. Okay. It's on the website. Um, but what it does do is that it allows you to actually say, I only have to arrive at that meeting on Thursday next week at 2 o'clock. What will the traffic be like then? Mm. Now, what TomTom does, they've got something called the index, the traffic index, and they've got all those years and years of data of information, and they can pretty accurately predict what that traffic is going to do the following week um, at a certain time. So telling you whether you, you should leave, you know, half an hour earlier, an hour earlier, or if you, you, you know, 10, 15 minutes is sufficient. So I think that's quite a cool little feature. So it doesn't tell you about traffic right now, mm. but actually predicts the traffic of the future. And why do you want to know that? So if you've got a meeting, you're trying to juggle two meetings, mm-hmm. one in Midrand, one in Santon, for example. Um, you know, do you know what those roads are like? I mean, is it going to be really, really hectic? You'll be late for the one or really, really early for the, for the next one. Um, it's nice to be able to have that option. To kind of give you a fighting chance to say, okay, hold on, I can actually schedule that middle meeting as well and still make all of them. Okay, but do they take load shedding robots out into account? Well, that's something that you can't predict. That's something you can't yeah. predict. Okay, so if by in all, I mean, I've used it for, I don't know, probably two years now, and it's actually been darn accurate um, to the point where it says it's a 15 minute to get to Midran, and I'm in kind of from Amarantia going, yeah, right, I've never been to Midran if it. Sure enough, 15 minutes and, wow, and, you, okay. and you're there. So I do kind of, I think it's good. They have got the years of history to go with. Um, they do release something called the traffic index, which basically shows that in South Africa, um, I mean, it's not, not, not something we don't already know. Guess what? Rush hour traffic is going to add time to your journey. <laughs> Shocker, right? <laughs> never, never would have thought of that. Um, but they do kind of predict that they go break it down to day by day and when you should leave and kind of where the worst times. And um, okay, so a nice little index to check it out, and, and we'll tweet that link out as well. But again, roots.tomtom.com. I think it's uh, if you're trying to plan something ahead of time. Um, and I know people have done it for weddings and have done it for you know functions over the weekend where they wanted to kind of see roughly what the traffic should be like getting from point A to point B. Now, from the church to where you're taking your photos, etc. Um, you know, they, they, they do use that site. Um, so those are our travel tips. So it's at N3 route if you're traveling down to Derbs or anywhere along the N3 route. Um, definitely use that Twitter account. Check that out. Um, obviously, Google Maps and Waze. Oh, well, then you picked up a really cool story this morning about what Waze and Google are doing. Yeah, and um, yeah, th- so I picked it up this morning, um, and it's something in Israel. Um so it's basically Google has teamed up with Waze. Waze, you know, yeah. is our favorite app to launch worldwide carpooling. Okay. They're, they're starting in Israel. So this is going to be a pilot project, so to speak. Um, and it's called basically they combining and you can go onto a, something called ride with. Okay. So basically you use the app to find lifts in your area to and from work. Nice. So people are going um, to, so I mean, we've seen Uber doing this called Uber Pool, yeah. um, in, in the States and they're trying to bring that to South Africa at a point as well. But it makes sense. So we're all at the airport. We've all arrived roughly the same time and we're going to, I don't know, Cape Town waterfront and yeah. the hotels are all around there. Yeah. But we're each paying 400, 500 rand each to get to the exactly the same destination. Yeah. Whereas with your pooling app, you can kind of all hook up together and you divide the fare by two, divide the fare by three. Um, and you're all going to do roughly the same spot anyway. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. It saves money. It saves, um, saves cars on the road as exactly. well. For those who are, you know, environmentally concerned. Targetry thing. Yeah, it does, yeah. it does save that. Plus in this case, you can get picked up from home. Um, the lifts are taking you to similar work areas and they, they're trying to focus on like the very techie areas in Israel where people work. So, I mean, that's quite cool for networking, friendship. Sure. No, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's awesome. You meet amazing people on these journeys. Yeah. You know, it's like, where are you off to? What are you up to? And kind of, you have a chat and who knows where this thing, things happen for a reason, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm keen to see what, like, how it goes there. Yeah. Obviously, the safety element. In South yeah. Africa, we always think safety because yeah. you're going to hook up with a bunch of strangers and we don't do strangers. Mm. <laughs> you know, we don't do public transport. And I think that's the big thing here is that overseas, you pretty much, you know, you, you're sharing a bus, you're sharing a tube station. Yeah. Um, here we get into our car and we drive. 
Um, yes, the people share taxis, and they'll probably be much easier to adopt this technology. But let's see what happens with that. So after the break, we are going to be talking to Ilan from Discovery Insure, who's going to be telling us all about these insane stats in this country um, about how we drive and how we think we actually drive um, and how does it actually affect us on the road. So let's tune in after the break. Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Leon Segev on cliffcentral.com. And we are back on Talking Tech on cliffcentral.com. Thank you for tuning in, downloading the podcast, because we know you do. We've seen the stats. Um, in the studio, we've got Tanya Kowalski. Hi, Tan. Hi. And now, joining us from Discovery Insure, we've got Ilan Asen, um, Head of Telematics Technology for Discovery Insure. Did I say that's, that right? That's right. <laughs> a bit of a tongue twister. A, a bit of a tongue twister. Um, so we're going to start off with a ridiculous stat, which I saw. Um, South Africa has 31.9 fatalities per 100,000 people, which cost our country 10% of the GDP, compared to the US, which is 12.3 fatalities per 100,000, which only cost only, <laughs> cost them 6% of the GDP. I mean, these are some serious numbers. I mean, 31.9% is, is, is real. So, yeah, Liron, I mean, you've uh, hit the nail on the head. The, as we know, I mean, our driving stats are are crazy, and uh, and we have a massive problem in this country. And, um, uh, you know, you're looking at the GDP, you're looking at almost 300 billion. You know, in, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, what was that number? 300 billion. That that, that's we, with a B, right? Yeah, with a B. Yeah, <laughs> that we could spend, that we spend on road, uh, road injuries. And, and, um, and, you know, when you look at it, you need to, you need to say, okay, the things are happening, but, uh, but how do we, how do we put our heads together and how do we actually, how do we change it? Right. You know, I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we all know this. I mean, this is nothing new. You've seen ambulances and, you know, tow trucks get there faster than the ambulances do. And, you know, during the holidays, sure enough, there is going to be these insane fatalities all over the country. It's, it's year after year after year. It's not like this is new. It's not like a new, a new information. Um, can technology actually help us in this matter? So I think, uh, just want to tell you, I think take it one, one step back. Um, as, as I said, it's a massive problem. It's a problem that's been with us for years. And it's always a question of how do we, you know, how do we combat it? And I think, you know, from a point of view, from a, from a discovery point of view, that's, that's literally how the discovery insure entity, you know, came into being. Uh, close on four years ago, looked at the problem and said, how do we create something which we term a shared value model? Something that we can, for society, create uh, roads that are safer and at the same time create a business model that makes sense to encourage it. And and that's exactly what, what we try to do within Discovery Insure uh, and, this, and this program called Vitality Drive that we, that we have developed. Okay, I mean, since, since you've touched on it, let's, let's go through it. What is Vitality Drive? So, Basically, what we um, what we did is we is we took a holistic view at at driving behaviour. Um, we created a program which basically looks at three distinct elements: uh, understanding your knowledge of the road, so knowledge and awareness, keeping up to date. Uh, we have online quizzes that you go and that, that we go try and do. Uh, we try and encourage you to take your vehicle for a service, make sure the vehicle's roadworthy. That's another key aspect of, uh, you know, that can contribute to safety on the road. And then a big portion of, of our program is actually monitoring how people drive. And back to your question earlier on how technology can help us. And this is where it sort of fits in. I mean, the, the part that I don't understand in this country, it, it in other countries, uh, we talked about Israel earlier, it's by law. Once a year, every single vehicle has to go in for roadworthiness. That's it. I mean, it's, it's non-debate. You just do. So you'll never get a lot that's one shining up and one shining down. And you never get three wheels instead of four wheels because they're just not going to pass. Uh, why don't we have these kind of systems in this country? Surely it's got to help with safety. I mean, we've got taxis, we've got buses, we've got cars, which are, you know, you use a wrench to drive it. That's never going to pass anything. So I think, uh, I mean, yes, there is, in, there is enforcement. And um, and you know if you if your car was not roadworthy and and you were pulled uh, you know you were, you were pulled over you would you know there would be something uh, where your car had to be taken in or, or there would be some fine given so there is there are laws of enforcement but I think Sorry, there are laws comma <laughs> should be enforced right, <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> right just, um, just putting it out there. but uh, but I think that the ta- you know it, it is human nature and it's behavioural economics which I think is a big part in which uh, in which in which discovery tries to to play in that. Uh, 
if you understand, try understand human behavior, what encourages behavioral change, and then you get the desired result you're looking for. So, so yes, there are laws and there are ways that they can be enforced, but the, the take that we sort of um, take on this is to is to rather encourage and and reward for yes something that that is obvious uh, even in the health space you know you you want to be healthy I mean that's what you want to do so why reward for it but I mean that is human nature and and we understand that and and therefore we reward for that the same way in the driving space we encourage you to do the right thing uh, with something tangible okay so I mean I mean for those who don't know about the program at all what's involved. Let's start, kind of take us through that. Yeah, okay, sure. So, so basically the way the program works is you take, we, we're a car, we're a vehicle home and insurance business. So you can take out normal vehicle home and comprehensive insurance with us. Um, and what we have is an, is an add-on program called Vitality Drive. And if you take out this program, we basically give you a 50% reduction in your fuel spend each month based on how you drive and other aspects of if you've taken a vehicle for a service, etc. And what we do is we, we, we give you, we avoid you, we, we give you points each month for your driving behavior. Uh, we give you a number of points. We check, um, are you, we, we able to measure, are you harsh braking? You know, do you approach a, a red light and <laughs> yeah. sort of slam on your brakes? Um, do, do you, do accelerate you, off the mark? do you accelerate off the mark? Do you, do, how do you take your corners? And, uh, we also look at speeding based on the, based on the, the, the road, uh, speed limit. Uh, we also know that at night, for example, it's quite risky to drive. Um, between 11 and half past 4 in the morning. Just the roads are more risky at that time of night. And, uh, and if you're off the road at that time, you're, 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 you're not as much of a risk. So we also award you for those points. So we have a number of points in the program. And if you can achieve those points every month, they basically add up to an accumulative number of points. I mean, a bit technical, but the number that you can get is 1,600 maximum points each month. So technically, you can get 800 rand back in your fuel spend. You, we have a partner through, um, BP. And you have a card and you go fill up there and we keep track of those transactions and based on your driving and, and the other aspects, we give you a 50% discount. And Ilan, do you have to be a member of Discovery to sign up or a member of Discovery Health or Insure? What's the process? Yeah. Okay. Good. So, so, so Discovery Insure, you, you have to be a member of Discovery Insure okay. to have the Vitality Drive program. You don't have to be a member of the health uh, of the Discovery Health the, or the, the medical aid side. Yeah. Medical aid side. Okay. It's completely, it's completely separate. Um, obviously, the thinking and the behavioral economics around it is is the same, sure. but uh, but the, but actually joining up is is completely separate. And and, and it's this concept, as I said, it's it's this shared value where where you know what we're seeing is if we sign up people who and and people who change and they actually drive well, then there's less claim experience within our business. We reward you for that. It makes sense. We get rewarded, and society wins as well. And what happens if your driving isn't so great? If you're not scoring so highly, so you, you might not get your cash back or might not get fuel back, but what are the other implications? So, I mean, if you join, when you join the program and, and the way we've built the program is we encourage – it's a key aspect differentiation between I drive badly but I am able to improve. Mm. So what we try and build in the program is a program of behavior change. So you'll come in and, and yes, you may not be a great driver and, and we've got tools now that can measure and I can go just now into some of the technology and I guess how we do that. Uh, and we give you visual aid, you know, in terms of how, how you're actually doing. Mm. And, and based on that, uh, we, we, we hope that you will, you will see that you're doing something wrong and, and improve. Um, you, and, and as you get better, you know, you'll, you'll see the tangible rewards and, and, and we've seen it, you know, the actual, when people see the reward coming back to them, um, it's an amazing effect on, on, on how they, you know, sort of move to the next level in their, in their driving. Behavior. So you think it encourages good driving from the beginning to the end? So Ma- once they start and they learn better habits, do you think they keep it up? Yeah, most I mean, def- the stats show that. I mean, most definitely. I mean, what we've seen, we've, we've seen almost like a 20% improvement. We launched a, and I'll go into it just now. We launched a program last year using smartphones and, uh, and we saw people joining this program and within, you know, five days of being on the program, their behavior in terms of their scoring of their driving behavior improved by as much as 20%. Okay. So, so there's a direct, you can see the direct correlation. And there's also an interesting take on, on, uh, on the social aspect, which I'm sure we'll, We'll cover. All right. So I think after the break, we're going to be talking about more specifically the tech. Let's get in, in into some hardcore stuff, as we say, um, specifically the app and then kind of what's in the car. We're getting a whole bunch of questions, people asking about being tracked. And obviously, that seems to be quite, quite, quite a common trend. We'll discuss all of this with Elad after the break. 
I am the future of South Africa. On my shoulders, I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come. I'm eager to learn, but even more eager to use my knowledge for good. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibanya Gold, we are one. Cliffcentral.com Right, and we're back on Talking Tech on CliffCentral.com and in studio got Tanya Kavasi and Ilan from um, Discovery Insure. We're talking about safer driving and how they're single-handedly going to change the way South African drive. Hopefully, that happens. Um, right, so we're getting a whole bunch of questions on Twitter. Um, by the way, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter at CliffCentral.com, um, otherwise on um, WeChat, it's CliffCentral. Get a hold of me at at Liron underscore S-E-V, S-E-G-E-V, and Tanya's at Tanya Kowalski. Mm-hmm. Okay, you'll Tanya know how to spell it. Spell, let but by now people yeah. know this. I mean, they know you so well. <laughs> so uh, well. They just know how to spell you know. Um, so a lot of questions are coming in, and I think let's talk about the tech itself. What actually physically goes into a vehicle that allows you to get all this raw data out of it? Okay, great. So that, the actual technology that we use... Is there's there's two there's two parts of the technology that we that we currently have on offer. The one is a traditional to better describe a tracking device that that people know about for for security for stolen vehicle recovery. If the car is stolen, we track it. It's a similar type of device. It's a bit more sophisticated because it can actually measure what we call the forces acting on the vehicle, the way the vehicle turns. As I said, the way you know if you if you're harsh braking, it has sensors inside that can do that. It has a GPS chip inside, so it's monitoring your um, your position and your speed. Um, it uh, it connects physically to the vehicle's battery, um, so it gets a full-on installation for about two hours when you join us, and we put this this device in your vehicle. I mean, can, can we look at it as the black box of a plane? I mean, can we? Is it the same equivalent? So it's it's, it's comparable. I mean, that and that's a, uh, there's a whole discussion around it, but a, a lot of the ideas and thinking of how Discovery Show involved was initially by saying, how do we take the black box concept that's in aeroplanes and, and bring it, you know, to something that's happening, sure. you know, far more frequently on our roads, and that's and that's exactly what it is. And what we do is with this technology. Uh, we, as, as I mentioned earlier, this device, once it's in the vehicle, can actually measure the forces. So if you brake harshly, it will, it will pick that up. If you take a corner erratically, it will pick that up. The speeding as well, we have, um, we have, uh, we're able to correlate that to map sets in South Africa, which have the speed limits, and we're able to measure that, measure that accordingly. So that's sort of one, I mean, that's how the business started, and we, and we started with that technology as a traditional player. What's been an amazing change is, I'd say, literally over. I mean, we've been looking at it for a long time. I'd say almost two to three years. Um, but what we brought to the table about eight months ago was a what we call a smartphone-enabled. Um, we call it the DQ Track technology. Just DQ on the program stands for driver quotient. That's these points that you get for driving well. That's what we've we've named it. And basically, what happens is, um, we we said, can we, you know, sort of take the technology embedding that we're embedding into the vehicle and, you know, in these cumbersome uh, installations, et cetera. And can we, can we give more of a better experience with the smartphones coming out there to, to people on offering the program? And that's exactly what we've, what we've sort of done. We, we launched a smartphone enabled offering. The smartphone itself with all the sensors inside, smartphones have basically everything that these boxes sure. have. They have a GPS, they have a modem to send, to connect to the cellular networks. They have these sensors to measure forces, etc. So does the, does the phone connect to this little box or are the two completely independent? So the two are completely independent. So you don't need the two hour installation anymore? You can have everything can be done by your your phone. Correct. So so we so we basically enabled the whole program using the the smartphone. There was we did some research around this. I mean, as I said, we've been looking at smartphones for quite a while to do the measurements because obvious questions come up. You know, when you when you look at it, people say, "But how do you?" And I'm driving the car. Mm-hmm. How do you know if I'm not throwing the the phone? You sure. know, mm-hmm. and my that, kids that's at the a back. harsh yeah. break, or you know, sure. how, how do you know? How do you know all these differences? So, so it's an interesting it's an interesting problem. Um, so what we actually developed, uh, we worked with a with a uh, engineering company out of Massachusetts Institute of Technology out of MIT, um, and um, 
and and they had a base technology in terms of the monitoring smartphones, getting rid of the what we call the noise, you know, in terms of holding the phone in your hand, etc., and being able to work out all those actions purely from the smartphone. And it's impressive. Um, one of the things we wanted to add on was how do you sort of know one if you're in the vehicle and mm-hmm. get rid of those some of those things. So we basically together with them developed a a a what we call a a low energy tag. And what we do with this, this tag is we stick it basically on the windscreen. I, I don't want to make any comparisons. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and what we do with it is we're able to then the phone, as it gets in the vehicle, picks up this tag and is able to, you know, know that I'm in that vehicle. Um, there's separate sensors in that, uh, tag as well that we can differentiate between the, between the motions. And that whole program enables us to, as you say, not have the black box in the vehicle and, and, and be able to do the same measurements with the phone. Gotcha. I, I mean, I would actually, uh, we would actually argue that, um, and, and, and if you, we, we've already seen some great correlations, but the smartphone uh, solution and, and, the, and the tech that's coming out in smartphones, the, the feedback is, um, is incredible. Like, you, the way we've built the program is when you go on a trip and you, and you, you drive in a certain way on that trip, literally within sort of five minutes of that trip ending, we, we give you a rating on your phone and, and you sort of see it come up. And you get a rating between one to five for that trip. So it becomes tangible with, within each trip. Mm-hmm. You can see how did I drive for that trip. And then, it, you know, oh, you know, something happened. I mean, we'll talk sure. about that. But some, then I had to pick up my phone for something or there was some, you know, there was something that I did badly in that, exit, in that, in that trip. And, and it gives you that feedback straight away. And what's the rating criteria? What do you rate it for or against? Okay, so so it's exa- so so the, the the criteria are we we look at those those measurements on the vehicle okay. so harsh acceleration braking and cornering, uh, we look at your speeding in terms of the speed of the road, um, what, what, you know were you were you over speeding if you were driving at night and with the smartphone enabled which is not on the mm. the black box mm-hmm. uh, program we also measure the ability to know if you're using your phone while driving. So sort of distracted driving, texting while driving, which was okay. a new feature which we introduced, you know, when, when we when we introduced this technology. And we actually give it a separate amount of points for that to obviously encourage people people not to do that. Okay. So when we say encourage, is the encouragement just petrol at this stage of the game? In other words, you're getting five hundred I mean eight hundred up to eight hundred Rand back on what you spend on petrol. Now that, that's not a little bit. I mean that's um some vehicles that's a you know two or two tanks. Um, and that's not bad just for driving, driving correctly. But is, is that, in inverted commas, all? I mean, is it all about the petrol? So, I mean, the bulk, to be, the bulk of our award is, is your petrol. And we also do a partnership with the Gau train. So we found a lot, this was, this was actually quite interesting, just quickly. Um, when we looked at the research last year, we found a lot of people based on location were, were parking, you know, in the Centurion, mm-hmm. um, Gau train station and using the train. But then obviously, you know, they, they're not get, you know, they're not filling up their vehicles as much. So, so as a reward. So, so we actually enhanced the program to do a 50% joint, um, uh, uh, partnership with the Gau train, so you get 50% spend of that as well. So that's the other partner. And then also what we've done is, for example, uh, Uber. We did mm. a partnership with Uber where you get 25% discount on uh, on your Uber on your Uber trips. The reason, obviously, why we do that is at night we want you not to be travelling sure. on the roads, drunk and driving, etc. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you to move off the roads with those with those. But the bulk of it is the percent of which is oh, so, no, it's a, it's a serious amount. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I believe also you get your tracker installed for free as well if you're part of the program. Oh my, yes, no. So the way it works is if you take out the the, the black box offering, yeah, you pay if you want to use if you need to use it for stolen vehicle recovery. Because yeah. remember we're yeah, just yeah, using sure. it for dry behavior. You pay an extra fee. Okay, there is an extra yeah, fee. Okay. There's an extra fee for it. Yeah. All right. Um, I can't hold these questions back any longer from Brett, Simon, Mal. I mean, a whole bunch of them are saying yes, but now you're tracking me, and now you know when I've accelerated. And could you use this against me in the court of law? Could the police request that information? Um, you know, right now it's all about getting my 800 bucks back, but I don't want to land up in jail because I have to be drag racing on a Saturday night. How do you answer, sir? <laughs> so in terms of, I mean, uh, the, the, the position of the, of the business is that we do not, in terms of, let's just look at back at claims, right? I mean, the, the question can go much, much further no, than sure. that. Uh, we do not use the information at all, um, you know, for, for claims. 
we we would not repudiate a claim based on on that information. The only thing we do do with the data, particularly for claims, is we use it to check. You know, if you say I had an accident at this place at this time. Uh, that you did have that, you, that your car was there at that time. Okay, That's but, the only thing we use. But he's for. not going to get penalised because he was going seventy-five in the sixty no. zone, and therefore um, the claim is thrown out the window. No. Exit stage left. No, so we don't do that. And right. what we actually introduced last year, which um, is a is is, an, is a third-party um, excess waiver benefit. Just so just so people understand. So when you have an accident, you pay you your insurer will ask you to pay a certain amount up to a point. That's sure. your excess. Mm-hmm. So. Um, what we've done because of the enablement of the technology is you said, say you're driving and you're driving perfectly well and someone, you know, you even stopped at a stop street, say, and someone, you literally stopped and someone comes into you. Uh, what we, what we've said is if you allow, if there's such so a third party insurer will say, you know, they'll claim we were at fault or they were at fault, et cetera. If you as the client say to right, us, right. I was definitely not at fault and I'm allowing you discovery insure to, use you know, data. use the data okay. to prove it, we will do it. Gotcha. So, so, so it actually can help can help me um, back up my case. Hundred percent, and it's one of the key differentiators of the business because no, uh, you know, because we enabled with this technology, right. we, we're able to offer a service like that. Okay, so it won't be used against you, but if I want to, I can say, listen, I was absolutely standing still, and here's a backup. It's like my CCTV cameras. I mean, I can say, look, here's proof. I actually wasn't home at the time. So the same same kind of thing. I can say, use the data. And it will be ultimate proof to say that I actually wasn't at fault at the stage. Hundred percent. So yeah. Okay. That's, that's and what about this whole thing of being tracked? So, Joe. Oh, sorry, let's not use people. Um, you know, party A tells his wife he's going to to a meeting, and he decides to go to another rendezvous. Um, could she not look it up on her tracking system, and work out where you've been? So, uh, there's no way. You know the data. Is Thanks, Mel, for that question. <laughs> the data is the data is owned by you know the the data is owned by you and and uh, you know no one can just go and look and see you know right. where where you're going. Um, the, what what the way the the product is structured is yeah. the person who owns the vehicles, so the the core policyholder, no, um, he or she has has full. I guess view sure. of the vehicles and that's where it ends. So, so if I'm, if I'm the owner of a household, say, and I've got three or four cars on my, on my policy, I'll put them on variant technology, smartphone mm-hmm. or the other one. And, um, and, uh, um, I'll be able to obviously get the cumulative points, you know, for it. And I'll also be able to view where those vehicles are. But say my son, for example, wouldn't be able to, sure. to track anyone else in the, in the family. Okay. Sure, I see. I hear a collective <laughs> sigh of relief all all around. <laughs> Twitter can breathe easily now. It's all good, people. Just make sure you're the policy a holder. Can go you know, to any destination without B finding but, out. But you know, you're right. I mean, it's bigger. It's about safety as well. I mean, you know, as a as a yeah, that's the thing. At the end of the day, is that if somebody did go to their so-called meeting and didn't come home, there's got to be a way to say, hold on, something's not right. And I suppose that's where technology comes and helps. Exactly. And another big part of our program, which is, which I'd argue is probably the, the, the best value driver is the safety aspect. You know, mm-hmm. we offer, there's a, there's a, because of the technology, we're able to offer something called impact alert, which when a vehicle is in an accident, we, we pick up that, that half force on the vehicle through either program, smartphone oh. or the black box. And, um, and we have a, a, a monitoring center, which operates 24 hours. Let me give you a call. I mean, we've done some, we do something like 120, you know, calls, uh, active calls in accidents. We've had to dispatch, um, ambulances where people haven't been able to, you know, they're not, uh, they're not conscious sure. or et cetera. And we've actually done, you know, quite a significant amount in terms of that area. And, and apart from that, the, the knowledge of that higher up person, you know, the, the head of the household mm. knowing where, where those vehicles are or being able to get that information, I would argue is probably, you know, the biggest thing that you'd want to know or yeah. do. With, well, okay, with but that's technology. great. I mean, at the end of the day, is that if you're having the, if you had an accident in some forsaken place where people don't drive past you, you've hit a tree. Um, I mean, are you saying that the software is able to detect automatically saying, look, you haven't made that call, something's up, you've had a high-impact accident, we try to get a hold of you, we're just going to dispatch a unit to you? 100%. That's exactly okay, what but that's, you, that's, that's That's quite – I mean, that's not a value add. I mean, that is it. That, that, is, what you, that is what you want, uh, especially if you've got kids who are, who are now of driving age. You know, you always want to make – you don't want to track them, but you want to make sure they're okay. And this is kind of does does that line between the two. I mean, a hundred percent, exactly what you say. This is this is what it is. I mean, when you look at traditional insurance and you talk about disruption, 
um, you know, your insurer probably has maybe one touch point with mm-hmm. you every couple of years, you know, if you unfortunately do have a claim. Sure. But with us, I mean, there's constant touch points. There's, you know, if you're going, you know, the technology is there, you know, sometimes you may hit a pothole and it's not sure. a thing, but you'll get a call, but that's a touch point, you know, and, 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 and we're constantly doing these touch points, which is, is far bigger than, 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 than what a traditional short-term insurer would do. But this is, I think this is how you change, you know, it's how you change people's behavior, but it's how you, it's how you add to society and it's also how you make people safer. And are you finding that it's working? I mean, at the end of the day, you, you've had the you've had the the black box, so to speak, um, you know, in your vehicles for a, for a while. Um, the data is showing improvement. People are changing habits. Hundred percent. I mean, we've got stats around. Uh, for example, the, the the best measure is obviously to look at claims experience. Sure. And 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 what we find is is uh, good and excellent drivers have almost thirty four percent less claims than. Uh, you know, than, than, than bad drivers. Similarly, the, the severity of the claim. So, so, you know, how, how big was that, that claim? How big was the accident? They're 19% better. And when you look at it overall, there's almost a 50% improvement over good and bad, uh, good and excellent drivers compared to poor drivers in terms of just claim experience. So the data is definitely stacking up and it stacks up in all areas. I mean, that's, that's in claims. There's also, um, you know, in terms of, you know, People, the people who are driving well, they they tend to like the program and they stick. You know, that's that's how it works. Well, what happens to a driver who's just not improving, who's really bad on the roads, and who you find might be texting a lot or on their phones a lot? Do, is there a chance that their premiums might increase? So, so, so the data we do use the data for 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 underwriting analysis, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know to understand how risky people are, um, and. And we may we may look at something like that. Ultimately, if the program is if they're not able to, um, you know, we, we we give them the tools and hopefully someone can improve. But what you may find is if they're not improving, they may they may leave, you know, because they're not they're not getting, getting the their rewards. rewards, you know. And but I think that the model seems to be going where it's going to be. It's not one blank. Right now we have a blanket rule. You know, everybody kind of is is pretty much equal, and you pay in end of story. But it seems to be changing where people are going to be per, have personalized models where. If you're a salesperson on the road, you should be treated differently to someone who goes to work and back, and that's it. Um, is that kind of the direction that it seems to be going? So traditional insurance looks at four or five base, what we call rating factors, mm. you know, age, gender, you know, where do you park, those sort of things. And it's exactly what you're saying. With this technology, it's enabling us to build your own personal mm. rate. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that a 18-year-old or 19-year-old driver is worse than a you know 55-year-old exactly. or whatever. Sure. You can actually look at it and you can do that. And we actually encourage that we have a young Excellent. adult program as well, where we try and encourage people, young adults, to to take it out. And because we have the technology, we're able to offer them physical rewards well, as well, over and above fuel. Because you, can, you do get, I mean, you'll get exactly that. You'll get a 21-year-old who's just finished university who goes from home, literally to work, parks in a basement, and then goes home at night. Um, they are treated worse than a 50-year-old sales rep who just does, you know, 3,000 kilometers a month just purely on the road. Um, and it shouldn't, and it shouldn't be that just because of their age. Exactly. And, and I think, uh, and, and, and we're definitely seeing the trend. I mean, this is with the technology enablement, right. we, we're able to, to build a, a program where, where insurance seems to be going in that, in that direction. And, and it would just, you know, with, with more and more the, the younger generation yeah. coming up, understanding how tech works, um, they'll expect it. Okay. All right. So I think that pretty much wraps up, um, you know, driving, I suppose, in, in every shape, form. Um, it is good to see that it's not a physical installation anymore that's moved towards a mobile phone. Um, I suppose it's got to be a smartphone. There's got to be minimum spec that you guys would recommend. Is that right? Yeah. So, so just, so the program runs on Android enabled phones and, and iOS and the Android phones have to have certain sensors in it. Right. Um, so, so there is a minimum criteria, um, for, for the smartphone. Um, yeah, but uh, we, we haven't chatted about what happens if I'm using the app and I am on my phone. Does the app notify me? Is there a warning? Get off your phone. So the, You're like, oh. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite an interesting yeah. debate. We've had a long debate around how you know do you give in vehicle you right. know warnings? It's a whole debate around that. But uh, what the app does do is, as a, when you finish the trip, uh, you can actually see your rating at the end for your phone motion specifically, and and you can also uh, on the on the map itself, you'll see like a shaded. Area, we I think we've used the color pink, <laughs> and it actually and it actually shows oh. you where you <laughs> sorry <That is. laughs> it actually shows you where where you were using your phone, you know, in sort of sort okay. of that, that journey. Yeah, 
Um, just a quick comment from Michael, who sent a tweet to say, um, hands-free or not, it's all about where the driver's head's at, little to do with their hands. So that's a good point. Mm. I mean, if somebody is pissed, goofed, whatever, um, doesn't matter how, you know, how much their hands are on that steering wheel, if their mind's not in the game, that's an issue. Yeah, look, I think, I mean, uh, drunken driving is, is one thing. I mean, uh, we we haven't found a way to measure sure. to measure that yet, um, but um, uh, this concept of your eye, of your eyes on the road, right, right, you know, right. is very important. You, you people under I, I know what he said. Like you, you may be in a conversation, but the fact that your eyes are on the road does add to it. And obviously, we want you to be in the best headspace possible. There's a, there's a certain sure. limit to what we can what we could uh, now, monitor. Another one from Carly. She says, um, "What about voice notes and driving? So effectively, your eyes are still on the road." But you're using kind of your voice facility to do stuff. So the way the, the way the technology works is if you're actually moving the phone while while you're while you're engaging with it, mm. then then we will pick that up. But okay, so you, that, is that the no no? So if your phone no-no. is in the cradle yeah. or is in the you know, cubby hole, whatever it is, that's and fine. That's fine as long as you're not engaging with it and and, and moving it while you while you're driving. I think we're definitely going to be running out of time soon. We'll definitely need to do a follow-up because there seems to be quite a hot topic which people want to know much more about. Um, all right, Ilan, thank you for popping in. Thank you for sharing that information with us. Um, if they need to get a hold of you, is there any way to get more information? Where should they go? To the Discovery website? So, so you can go yeah, the Discovery website. Oh, um, it's 0860-751-751 is a Discovery Insure call center number for quotes, etc. cetera. Um, we've got the Discovery handle, Discovery underscore SA on Twitter. Okay. Yep. You hit them up, use social media, use the web, people, use the web. All right, you, all the information is out there. All right, thanks for that. Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Elon Segev on cliffcentral.com. Okay, and this nearly wraps up our show on talking tech on cliffcentral.com. Um, we would just spoke to Ilan from Discovery Insure all about these amazing technology that they have in the vehicles to not just track you, because that's not the point, is to keep you safe on the road and maybe encourage some driver behavior change to make sure that we all get home safely, less road range. We didn't ask him about the fact is, can if a taxi overtakes you or like in a blind rise or something, can we do something about that? Like, Push a button and something happens. Yeah. Or, also, if you're like lifting your phone to take pictures of the fender. Do you know exactly? I mean, are you just hooting? are you just as false? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, we'll 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 have to get him back in here and just do, do, do some stuff. Um, that was Tanya's, by the way. Tanya's Tanya's voice. It wasn't me putting on another accent. Um, and Tanya's got a blog called Rattle and Mom, so you can check that out as well. And we want to just end off. I mean, it's been an hour, so if you've missed any of this, obviously download the podcast. It's obviously available straight after the show. Um, the one we want to end off is something that really pisses me off because there's no other way to actually. Like you act- haven't rented and raved uh, enough today. Today I'm wow. in a friggin' mood. <laughs> okay, we, so we took a dig at the cops. Let's just be clear. <laughs> I mean, we've done well today. Yeah, um, you. But the one, but no, sorry, me. I'll take the responsibility. But today, I mean, the stuff that really got to me is this whole Uber and car being impounded in Cape Town thing. I think it's absolute bullshit. What happened was that 200 Uber cars have been impounded because the regulation there says they don't have a piece of paper to say that they could operate. Now, this has been going on since 2014. When The problem is that, as with everything in South Africa, there is certain laws which apply to everybody and certain laws which don't really apply to everybody unless you feel like applying them when the urge arrives. And in Cape Town, it's one of those things that this particular meter taxi versus being able to operate law is on a, I don't know, some sort of weird basis that you've got to apply for. And long story short, they've, the, they've, they've, the city of Cape Town has impounded. Yeah, it's basically uh, said you can't you operate. You can't operate it because you haven't, you haven't got this piece of paper that you need to do it. Now, it's not a safety. It's not an insurance thing. Yeah. It's not a safety thing. It's nothing to do with any of those things. It's just bureaucratic bullshit at the end of the day. And what they have done is they've said, sorry, you guys, I know you've applied. And by the way, we're currently sitting with a whole bunch of your application, which none of us have actually bothered to read. Um, and we're making you jump through these hoops. But until you go through this, you can't operate. And, uh, and it's ridiculous because in this day and age where we government is so busy saying we want to encourage jobs and we want to have job creation, Uber has single-handedly created 2,000 jobs around the country. And they're doing so well and to encourage more and more and partner up with their drivers to get more and more of them on the road. 
And yet this con, it's called the provision, uh, provincial regulation, regulatory entity, the PRE. And they've come up with this amazing insightful statement that says the Department of Transport and Public Works is currently considering 343 applications for operating licenses, which, um, in the city of Cape Town. Um, 201 of those are from Uber partners. And it will be meet next week to finalize this decision. Uh, you know, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. It's once again bureaucratic crap. It's, you know, it's very nice to sit in Mauritius whilst you're discussing this in your BMW that we're paying for, whilst these guys are trying to make a living. And it's not like Uber uh, is ignoring. But apparently they've been trying to get the paperwork done and trying to apply for this. You know, the one thing with Uber is that they are not, they're, they're not fighters. They don't come here to, to make statements. They're here to operate within within the regulation, and they've worked hand-in-hand with government from day zero. Funny enough, the Gauteng has been the easiest province. Um, Durban is kind of okay-ish, but there are some issues. And Cape Town has just been an absolute nightmare. And what they have done is that they've actually come up with a petition. Uber just says, listen, we just need to, you to show us support. Do you want us in Cape Town or not? Um, they launched a couple of days ago, and today they've got, as of Sunday, they had 20, 19,127 signatures. Already onto, onto that, onto that. And it's kind of a lot of people are supporting this to say, yes, we absolutely want this. This little regulation bullshit is really getting in the way, but not getting in the way of just me being able to take a lift down to the waterfront. It's getting in the way of people actually being able to put food on their table. People have bought vehicles specifically to operate under Uber and this regulation is just pre- and preventing them from actually doing it. I think I call bullshit at the end of the day. That's, that's, it's just one of those governments so busy going, yes, we want to work with entrepreneurs and SMMEs because they're the future and blah, blah, blah. How many times have we heard all this nonsense? Lots. Here's someone who's actually doing something to encourage employment and they just put a foot in it to say, uh, no. I don't know. I'm not buying any of this. Have you signed the petition, Neuron? I certainly have. I okay. was one of the first people to get into that. Okay, excellent. Okay, so if you want to, please do that. It's action.uber.org forward slash Cape Town. So action.uber.org forward slash Cape Town. Hopefully by the time you listen to this podcast, there'll be another update to say, woohoo, we've won. Which might mean you might be in a better mood. We can yeah, only hope. Yeah, we can only hope. Okay. <laughs> All right. That is my last rant and rave on the show. I'm going to go now. I need, think I need some caffeine. Oh, maybe decaf. Maybe that's probably the better way to go. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening in. Tanya, thank you again as usual. <laughs> thank you for having me. All right. So Tanya is at rattleandmom.co.za. We're still waiting for you to go dot .com international. Is it coming? Maybe, if I can Maybe. get the domain, absolutely. Do you have a, do you, any, we are connections. You'll, you'll give me tips we'll, and suggestions we'll, next time. We'll hook it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, otherwise, on Twitter, it's at Tanya Kowalski, and me, it's at Liron underscore S-E-G-E-V, or thetechyguy.com, and it's another episode of Talking Tech on Cliff Central. Cliffcentral.com.